Surprise, we're live. <laughs> no lead up to this one, as most of our hockey podcasts in the past have been. But if you're newer to the podcast, or at least newer to the new kind of system we've done, this roundtable kind of thing, to the That's highlights fair. of our hockeys, you're used to us being on Fridays. And this might still come out on a Friday. I'm still not sure if I'm going to have it come out today or tomorrow. Sure. I have my schedule of how I do these things. Usually, I like it'll come out on Thursdays. And I don't want these things to kind of overlap one another, but maybe I'll have to have to two come out today and then yeah, do something. And uh, in case you can um, tell, this is a hockey podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in case you can tell, but I'm sure you thought this week it was going to be number one on our hockey highlights, but nope. No, sir. No, you're going to have to wait another week for that yeah. one. <laughs> We're live, baby. We're live. We want live yeah. hockey, but we're killing we're really wishing we had a hockey right now yeah um, dude there's only so much you can do I, I was actually just watching earlier today the espn 30 for 30 king's ransom uh mm-hmm. documentary about the wayne kresge trade yeah that's the, the the funny thing about that is that's the first 30 for 30 the first 30 for 30 was a hockey documentary yeah which hockey. makes no sense because he's and doesn't really know their hockey, so yeah, I think they have what now three. I think they've done for hockey. Um, it's King's Ransom of Miracles and Men, and I can't think of the other one on top of my head. Oh well, but anyway, so we are live as you can yes, see we here, are. and uh, uh today's a hockey day, so we're pretty excited. If you've been under a rock for the past two months, um, there has been no hockey, which means yeah. Uh, by this weekend, it's been two months since Jeff and I went to a hockey game and cursed the hockey community and shut yes. down all sports. Yeah, dude, I still can't believe that we are at the last Flyers game of the year so far. Which is hard. But to the believe. funny thing is, that wasn't even the last event. That was at the Wells Fargo Center. That was the Sixers game the next day. It was. But that was the last hockey event there. Yep. Unfortunately, it was a loss, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, overall, that was still a good game, though, that we saw. It was, and it was kind of a preview of what you could have saw if the playoffs were going on right now. Yeah. But they're not, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. The whole thing now is, how do we do this? Where does this come out? There's been things speculated for weeks now, the potential of June getting players to – uh, come back to town. I think even recently, not NHL wise, but MLB wise, they're telling mm-hmm. players to soon get ready to come back because obviously MLB baseball is a little easier. And I think NHL and NBA, as much as they have to finish their seasons because they started them and played so right. much into the season, they have to play it. They have to uh, have a clear cut winner. They're going to be the hardest ones to come back. NFL, oh, 100%. NFL, I don't think it would be too much of a hassle. It's just going to affect what, OTAs, training camp, and that stuff. Maybe the beginning of preseason, that stuff. But really, that's not the end of the world because no, no one watches preseason to, Yeah, and nobody really cares about that. Even though it's a big no. deal for people who hold out for OTAs and those. Yeah. Optional. <laughs> um, but the reason why, even though it's not even just for that reason, I think it's harder just because – those are two sports where you're in close contact for the majority right. of it. So they're going to be so hard to be able to maintain kind of thing. NBA, yeah, NBA is going to be the hardest one. Yeah. Because guys I mean, bump off each other multiple times. They're sweating. You don't even have equipment to block off. Kind of that's Right. Cool. And then um, the other thing is, because think about it for hockey, like 
you go to check someone against the boards, you're right behind them trying to stick with mm -hmm. them. For example, you celebrate a goal together. You know, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of and factors. This came out earlier today, but in Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts, we're going to get more into it later on. But yes. one thing he mentions that hasn't really been mentioned yet is kind of coaches' safety and what's going to happen to them because they're in close, in close uh, proximity with one another. But yeah, again, and just even being on the bench, like think about that, mm -hmm. you know? Being on the it's, bench, being a, uh, a ref, a linesman. Yeah. Being uh, Luke Nolan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah seriously, because like... Because I'm assuming they're still going to have PA announcers even though there's no fans. Right. You would think Cause so, they still have to keep they still have to keep a clock going even though you have the people that are right because one of the things they do talk about i believe is the challenge of financial broadcasts without fans mm -hmm. and that should really include pa announcing um you know, so and, and there's a great quote here on uh sportsnet uh, sportsnet's website for underneath uh elliot freeman's 30 31 thoughts uh quote in the nfl there's one broadcast per game in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, there can be three broadcasts. That's a lot of people in a small amount of space. So what we are talking about is creating world feed similar to the Olympics, a heavily resourced broadcast for everyone to take. Uh, we are currently collaborating on what this would look like. Um, so they're actually considering three options. The first is the telecast sent to every market with generic graphics provided at the rank announcers on site. These might not be regular Sportsnet teammates and said they might be NBC announcers or the game Drake Carolina, John Forsland and Trip Tracy. Second option is what it's called taking a split. Each market still takes the world feed, but if allowed on site can supplement it with their own truck. That would uh, allow for on-site talent graphics and possibly an extra camera or two they control. Third option is a clean feed sent to everyone, national and local, no graphics, no commentators. Each team's crew could add their own look at the production facilities with the action called off a monitor. Um, that is the most likely scenario oh, a scenario if Elliot Freeman had to guess. Here's my biggest question is, obviously with the fans and the broadcasts, like that makes up a bunch of the sound. But for someone like the FCC, for example, you have to be very careful with how you broadcast these games because it's sports, it's hockey players. They can't help themselves, when, and especially their athletes. You know, they, when they get in a situation, you know, like, oh, you know, they they, they curse and everything. That yeah. will happen. You know, obviously, they're already on. Even when it's regular, they're on delay anyway. So exactly, but still, you know, I guess obviously they won't have players mic'd up or anything like that. But you might not even need to worry about that because you can hear players shouting. Cause think about it. Usually with the crowd there, you barely hear it. Sometimes, yeah. obviously, there's a slip here and there, and that happens. But Outside without of Chris any crowd Kramer. there, right? <laughs> Outside of that, you know, you're going to hear a whole lot of bunch of stuff. And you will. It's not going to make someone happy. It's going to make the fans gonna happy. Ha Here's one good thing. Because they're going to love it. One yeah. good thing. Bertrand's not going to be licking people. That's true. Uh, Marshawn. 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 Yeah, Sorry. I was like, come on. You can't Marshawn I, isn't yeah, going to be licking on, people. Man. He might still be missing pucks, though, so. Yeah, well. We'll see. That happens. <laughs> yeah. But Not really. <laughs> the one thing that will actually kind of help this is um, in Korea. I know it's different, but it's a sports league. But the Korean baseball league. Yes. Up. And yeah, no, I'm glad ES you mentioned ESPN that. is on is doing broadcasts of that at two in the morning, but they're doing rebroadcasts. But they have guys from their own home 
like through a Zoom like we're doing right now, but right. that way. That could obviously be another option. Not might might not be the best, but it is another option. Because the first yep. sports that come back are going to get the most kind of eyes towards them. And I think that's kind of why you see the NHL want to try to cut. Obviously, the safety is first, but they want to be kind of the first because, especially with the draft, I think that could be a good kind of leeway into our first kind of topic here. Right. Um, but the thing that's come out is they still kind of want to have a draft in June, which is a month away. Which, and so that's before the season realistically could come back or maybe it can but the most recent thing i've heard of when play could resume is the end of june early july yeah here's my question and i'm gonna ask you right off the bat and we can obviously we'll obviously break down this and everything how would you feel about a june draft where you know obviously it would have to be like a virtual draft like the anvil drafts was and everything but not only that but how would you feel about when the season isn't even over yet yeah, it's where they have to go through a bunch of hurdles. Um, Big time. But they won it because Gary Bentman wants it because he saw how much how popular the NFL draft was. Right. And he I saw how I, popular it was because it was the only sport on. It was that. And I get that. And but at the same time, money. can that – right. Can that really work though? Because I'll put it in perspective for teams. Um, think about it. There's teams, you know, like the Flyers who, yeah, sure, they are second in the Metropolitan Division, only a point behind the Washington Capitals. Right now, if the season were to end and they were to have the NHL draft, the Flyers would have the 26th overall pick. They'd get 26, right? Yeah, it is 26. And in reality, what if hypothetically they were to go out in the first round where they go into the cup final? You know, they could have the 30th pick. So it's it's interesting how they're trying to play it all out. But then it also comes down to – Think about it like Detroit. Trades. Yep. They you know, and trades it as well. I thought uh, you said Detroit. trades. I didn't realize. Oh no, <laughs> no worries. Sorry. Uh, so and then for Detroit as well, they had they were projected to get the first overall pick. They had the worst record in the NHL. So it's either you just hand them the first overall pick, or you do a lottery draft system, or what a lot of people have been saying it could potentially happen is you have tournament to play for the first overall pick. Now, I don't think that would necessarily be fair because think about it. Who wins gets it or who loses first gets it? Who wins the tournament gets a first overall pick. But it's like, well, that that doesn't really make sense. At least to me, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't really make sense to me. It it, it just doesn't add up right. Um, That's just what I think, though. But But in order for that, even even in order for that to happen, play would have to resume. Some type of play would have to resume. But not only that, but think about it, not everyone has played the same amount of games, so it's not fair to those teams who have played less games uh, than the ones who have played more games. You know, there's some teams who have played 69 games, some teams have played anywhere from 67 to maybe mm-hmm. 70 games. So it has to be an even number of games for every team in the NHL. And, I think and right now, we're not at that point. Yeah. So until that happens, there should not be an NHL draft, especially in June. Yeah, and I think the most recent thing with that is only a couple teams would be in that lottery. Exactly. Detroit. Um, and that's another point that uh, – Probably Ottawa, I imagine. Elliot, yeah, Elliot Freeman kind of put up. Yeah, Ottawa is probably going to have the best odds. Second or third. Or first. Yeah, and that's right because 
thing about it. They have two first-round picks. They had the San Jose Sharks pick, which got in the Eric Carlson trade, which is turning out phenomenal for them this year. Of all years, they get it. It's this year, and they had their own pick. So they're going to end up with two top prospects, if not potentially Alex Lafreniere, who's projected to go first overall. And he's exactly the kind of prospect such player that they need for their franchise. Think about it. Brady Kachuk and uh, Lafreniere, that's already a huge turn for success. And let alone they still have an extra pick. Yeah, potential. You know, think about it. They could get first and second overall. Even if they don't get that, they could get Lafreniere. They could get uh, Quinton Byfield as well. Um, there's Stutzel. You know, there's James, uh, Jamie Drysdale. There's a, This is a very, very heavy draft yet again, which is so key, because mm-hmm. especially for teams like Philadelphia and, you know, maybe Washington's and, and Boston and Tampa Bay in the late round in the first Center round. Stays. Well, they don't. Yes and no for San Jose, but I'm saying like in, in the late round. I mean, for, yeah, I was saying round. I was just thought San Jose, even though I just realized they don't have it. But I was saying right. there's teams in the middle, middle, and that too. Yeah, teams. In they the do middle. have a first round pick. They have like the Lightning's first round pick. That's right. They did get one from uh, Barkley Goodrow of all players, which is hard to believe that they did that. And credit to their GM Doug Wilson. So technically, I was not wrong on that. I would just you weren't because I I forgot like the about players. That. Right. Uh, Possibly even worse than the Flyers, considering where the standings are. That's true. Exactly. So right now, technically, the uh, uh, the Sharks' first round pick is better, is worse than the Flyers, mm-hmm. because they are in a better, well, because of the Tampa Bay's standings and everything. So there's a lot to play in the factor. It, it's very interesting how this is all. And another out. thing that was mentioned was like trades. Is that this is just going back to mm-hmm. um, how uh, expansion draft worked with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And apparently, yeah. that year when the Penguins won, there was already a deal made back in, I think, March or something like that for the Knights to get flurry. Yeah. It was unannounced. It wasn't anything, but it was a trade that was made. And right now, the other problem would be that there's trade deadline isn't it was passed and everything, so trade would be that way. The right. only thing that would potentially work is um, draft, and the way that worked was for future considerations, which right. you don't know what those future considerations were. In this case, it was Flurry. Yes. Flurry, obviously, at some point in March or something, waived his no-trade clause, and he was going, he knew he was going to Vegas before the season ended, mm-hmm. before that draft, that expansion draft happened. That could be a potential that could happen for some of these teams. Like if the Flyers traded with, say, Anaheim, right? They would just say the Flyers traded with Anaheim for future considerations. They might say who the people are, but it would not be finalized. Correct. Some people so aren't there, the biggest there fans is... of that, but that is an option. What are your kind of thinking? If that is a potential thing for trades, if this draft does happen. Does it mention real quick, or does it mention the trades on the 31 thoughts here? Uh, just number nine, a little bit. Nine. Just his kind okay. of thinking of... Um, that's the only thing I'm really seeing draft-wise. That no, 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 sorry, trade-wise, not draft-wise. Oh, trade, sorry. Not, yeah. No. 
Okay, no worries. Draft, um, I mean, for trade-wise... That's just something Mitch had told me. I forget where he heard it from, but... Yeah, no, no, no worries. That's all good. It's just... Because I'm just trying to think, like, trade-wise, how would it be fair for teams to do this? To do this? Again, I think, I, honestly, the future considerations could be a possibility. And But also, here's... Uh, besides that, though, because what if you're trying to include a, a player that you got at a deadline itself? Again, look at Barkley Goodrell, look at Taylor Hall. There's all these players that are UFAs. This is going to greatly affect free agency because what if a team or you know, a team really wants to re-sign a player that they got at the deadline, but then in the end, well, they barely got to look at them because of this suspended season. And it's so different. It's so bizarre. Um, there's so many different things that's going to happen with this. But And also another one I'm just thinking about right now, it's on my head, is regardless like or let, let's say if they somehow find a way to finish out the season right there it is i found it okay. this is through pierre lebron that said it okay there you go uh this is back in may f- on may 4th may the 4th okay so you. three All days ago Wars nerds out there um so this is going this is a little thread he has going with sean simpson um this is just the original tweet. I'll just kind of read all these yep. things, but uh, not all these might be relevant, but I'm just going to read the whole thread just so people understand where LeBron's replying for from. Right. So in their first tweet from Sean Simpson, he says, and NHL teams are not making any side deals going into a June draft involving NHL players. If they are trying to play a regular season in playoffs, it's totally illegal and the injury risk is off the charts. Um, And Pierre LeBron replied to this saying, it's worth pointing out uh, Pittsburgh and Vegas had verbal agreements in place March March 1st, 2017, the day of the season's NHL trade deadline, so it happened on the deadline. Regarding the Golden Knights taking Flurry in the June expansion draft, and the NHL was okay with the arrangement. Um, and then this Steven Stefan uh, replied to that saying, could these side deals slash verbal agreements be one, conditional, and or two, made public announced at the time? Um, and he said, the Pittsburgh-Vegas deal involving Flurry was not announced or official officially ratified until June, the June expansion draft. Both teams mutually agreed in March. Pretty much, uh, pretty it was a unique situation. That's pretty much where that okay. thread ended. Um, that kind of a, explains how that trade worked, and it was on the deadline. So this is a little different. Well, that, but that I don't have, know how. That te- I don't think that was technically well. No, but that that would have been way too late for the deadline because the deadline usually is late towards the end of February. Typically. Yeah. Typically. Um, I don't it know said the was. verbal agreement was there, but the day this, I guess the trade was, I don't know, maybe it was the similar thing of trades can still trickle out as, um, yeah, even though it's over, if it's agreed on foot pond. But, it, but again, deadline, it, it was, the thing, key part I, about that was that verbal agreement. Yes. So so maybe maybe it was more something that they did the verbal agreement, even yeah. though it was well past the deadline and everything. So, um, but. All right. Regardless, though, uh, so let, let's, it's 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 a strange, strange it's situation we're in right now. Yeah. Um, the whole reason why I think there's a potential for June is Gary Bettman saw the 
uh, what happened yeah. with the NFL with their draft and sure. how huge it was, even though it was still on, was still through like a Zoom chat like this. Um, right. It's huge. It was a sports thing. That's kind of why I think the Michael Jordan documentary is so huge right now. It's a sports yeah. thing. Um, and why I think even though people aren't going to, it's Korean baseball, there's still some familiar faces, but it's a live sport. People are going to watch it. Um, that's why they're re-airing it. It's a sport. I think that's kind right. of his thinking of why he wants this to happen. But realistically, it's such a pain in the ass to be able to try to figure out. That's why it's still a headache and a toss-up. We're a month away yeah. from June. So I don't know. Because not only does it screw over this upcoming draft, it's like what happens during the offseason then? How long well, right. off, once the season does take off? How long is that then off season into the next season? Um, and that yeah, and, and then that's exactly the point I, I want to try to get into is no matter what is you're not going to have so all right. Let, let's say if, hypothetically, if you do somehow finish this season out right, you're already pushing back everything: the draft, free agency, the off season. Before you know it you're going to have a shortened season next year. Mm -hmm. So then then you're going to have to suck it up and then have it play out like a reg the end of the regular season would. Just make it, basically they'll make it a 2013 situation where yep. it was a shortened season, 48 games hypothetically. Um, and then two years from now, get back to the 82-game schedule. So And that's what you're going to have to do because of this unfortunate situation is everything is getting cut short right now. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt the future. And it'll, until you finish this season out, it's going to keep hurting everything. And I don't want to be conspiracy theory, but not to go too off of, or not to go back to kind of talking about draft, but kind of what we talked about in our last uh, round table podcast mm -hmm. and our uh, controversial takes, your take with the, uh, Crosby thing, yeah, and how that could have been rigged. People might think that same thing with this upcoming draft. If exactly, it's it, exactly, it's possible. Like, it's again, it's not. There's going to be some of those conspiracy theories out there. It's like, okay, but but again, and that kind of brings up a great point because think about it. If you have that, let's say, tournament, you know, oh, they play for the first overall mm -hmm. pick. But okay, but think back a couple years ago. When the Flyers jumped up like 15 spots from 17 to two, that doesn't give teams or, or 15 to two, whatever it was. Uh, that the Devils jumped get, big on that one too. That was when they got their first overall. Yeah, and then same thing with Chicago. They jumped relatively high to get third mm -hmm. overall pick last year. It doesn't give those teams this upcoming draft that chance to jump high, mm -hmm. and it, it, that's what helps this sport work out so well. Is Teams can jump up so high to make it work. Mm -hmm. And without something like that, there's going to be a lot of controversy. Because in that, you had to figure out how many teams are in that tournament, what teams can, like, what qualifies in that team. Right. Can Arizona be in it? They're going to miss the playoffs if they win it, because realistically, if we're going into the season, they may have been the, one of the better teams that just missed the playoffs or even. Right. The Rangers or Blue Jackets, whoever were to miss the playoffs, what if they may won it? Exactly. And, and is no that then, is that tournament then fair to go? Okay, they won it. Their first overall. There's gonna be. I guarantee you. There's there's gonna be someone that's not happy with the outcome of it. No, no matter who, how. You know who would the Red Wings? Yeah. Because they would get screwed. Oh, big time. 
because if they if they play this tournament, it's like okay, well, what if there's a team that's you know, because look how poorly they played. They barely looked like a team this year. They can try to be a Cinderella story, but it's probably not going to happen, unfortunately. Exactly. They're going to get screwed up. You know, and then so, all right, let, let's say they had the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. How would you go from there? The tournament winner gets first overall pick, and then what? The runner-up gets second, and after that you get third and fourth and fifth? And how would you determine that? You know, so there's all yeah. these what-ifs and everything, and I, I just don't think it's it's right or it's fair to these teams. Know. No, obviously. And to think of this, some of these too. teams they haven't played that well at all to get in the situation. But I don't think it would be fair to basically screw them out of a top pick. Mm-hmm. And not to make a joke, but kind of serious too. The Flyers won't ha- be able to make a trade on the same day that they have the same day years in the past. Yeah, for multiple there. reasons. But that that's a big part of the draft and everything. You right. can trade for big pieces. That's what the Flyers did. Again, Forcheck and Simmons, and obviously drafting and Katori and, 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 and Chen. In. Yeah. And then also, but look at it though, they traded up a two first round picks to get Travis Konechny mm-hmm. or, or something like that, uh, 24th, I believe, overall, 2015. You know, they traded Chen and your, uh, for Yori Leterre and two first round picks, one of them which they used to get. Morgan Frost, and then one they used the next year for Joel Farabee. Those trades so, are so huge. Exactly. And that's why it's so important to keep these this trading aspect involved with the draft. But unfortunately, this year, you the might not be able to do that. It all depends on how this is going to work out. And one of the things that Elliot um, Freeman mentions is, you know, number nine on his 31 thoughts, there's one thing about a potential June, for, June draft I don't get. If this is about television, why remove 10 teams from winning the lottery? Is the biggest made for TV event on the calendar a big success from a fan interest standpoint? You want it to be as dramatic as possible. One theory, the league considers it a, it a remote possibility that one team could win the number one pick and the Stanley Cup. So it suggested something that clubs might like even less. No decision this week would mean the date would be pushed later than the hope for June 5th to 6th. Again, right now, um, with the way things are looking, there's teams that are just out of the playoff picture and teams that are obviously further from the playoff picture. I think in order to make it work, the teams that are within the top 10, you might have to do something with them only. Sure, that screws the other five teams out and from making any giant leaps, but you can still make it a 10-team draft for the first 10 picks to determine yeah. that. Here's the only pro I can give for the tournament. Yeah. It could give it would be when the season comes back. Yeah. I guess no, wouldn't it? Because I don't know how they would be able to do a tournament. Right. That's the other the, issue though. Before a draft. Right, exactly. It's or how they want to how do can the draft. they make this all work? I don't know. I don't think they I honestly don't think they would be able to. They might force them to be able to, but it's Gary yeah. Bittman. So free right. lockouts, Gary Bittman. Come on. Yeah. So Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner of the NHL, uh, has detailed several factors in support of moving up the draft. The league is targeted for a June 5th draft, which is originally scheduled June 26th and 27th in Montreal. This is all according to ESPN's Greg Wazinski. Um, teams would take part in a virtual draft, selecting players from remote locations, again, just like the NFL draft. Uh, there are 
are complications. Dilly said in a CHED radio interview a couple of days ago, um, there's no perfect solution. We think there are benefits to having the draft in June, including the fact that it's a necessary piece of league business that is to transpire at some point in time, and our clubs are as ready for it now as they would be at any other time and probably be prepared than they would be in the fall. Now, I don't know how you feel about that statement. I don't think that's true. I don't think so. It, it just doesn't – none of that makes sense to me. How would teams – think it's more how, how would teams be ready for it now than they are later in June because think about it though if teams are ready now like Billy Billy think he is because think about it, teams aren't allowed to travel their scouts aren't allowed to travel they have barely any information probably about these scouts because they only have a couple months work month, couple months work of notes on the players they would potentially want to draft that's not enough to determine, okay, this kid has got it or he doesn't. And that's not enough proof or not enough whatever you want to call it to help make Bill Dilly's case stronger. It's not. But also this too. Um, we're not going to go over the whole 31 thoughts. You can do right. your own. It came out earlier today. But he does talk a little bit about scouting and that. Because that is yes, – which would be interesting to see. scouts right now, if the season is still going on, um, juniors would still be going on. NCAA would yeah. still be going on. European hockey would still be going on. So these prospects, these scouts would be still looking over these uh, exactly. prospects. But unfortunately, they're not right now. They that's can't. where we're at. Uh, exactly. Even to be able to do that, it's travel. Travel is really hard right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also in that same memo from uh, the Bill Daly detailed, the actual proposed, it would use points percentages to determine the 15 non-playoff teams in the draft lottery. In other words, according to Wazinski's article here, um, it would use the percentage of, sorry, rather than using total points in the standings, it would use the percentage of available points teams captured in games played before the March 12th pause. Um, this would help alleviate concerns about teams having played an uneven number of games before the season was paused. So, yeah. but there, just, there's a lot a, of, again, there's a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot on multiple front, uh, fronts here with the NHL and really all sports, but we're, we're hockey, so we're focusing on the NHL and hockey. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the draft is a big one, but that's only a big one because Gary Bettman and others, I guess, really kind of seem to want this draft to happen right. sooner rather than later. Right. Again, we um, all want the draft to happen. And but we all I want don't our hockey back, but both, right. you need to have I don't some think kind of patience for, for the coming back. You need both sides, PA and NHL. You need to have some kind of agreement, players to be feel like they're safe enough to be able to go back and play hockey again. Because, yeah. um, uh, again, and here's the, here's the big thing. I'll put it this way. The NFL, the way they were – the reason why the NFL draft was successful – is because they were actually able to have a season with college, and they were able to make their scouts go to work. They didn't have to change when their draft was. Their season exactly. was over. Everything. The, the scouts saw everything they needed to know about the players they wanted. They had, um, you know, the scouting combine and everything they needed. If I'm not mistaken, I think even didn't the MLB cancel their draft? 
They they did. They 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 didn't push it. They either canceled it if not pushed it back. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it was canceled. But regardless, though, you know those are two the, different. Um, that's two different leagues doing different options. Exactly. Even the NBA, but the NFL the NBA, was able to make the it NBA work. Has put, postponed or pushed back their lottery. Yeah. When they did the lottery picks, they pushed that yeah. back. And then show they don't really feel like there's you know, that's the NHL so. Batman. When you go, yeah, like I just said, three lockout Gary Bettman, Hall of Famer. Which I still don't get to this day. Whoever voted him in, yikes! Yeah. I don't understand. I don't care how you guys have a job. It's ridiculous putting this guy in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested when to he's see. Still active? Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. no sense to me. But what's going to be interesting is how. One play is resumed. How that goes up goes about how they figure out the schedule because mm. schedule wise, at least Flyer sake, it's not the worst. But when it when their actual schedule is, yeah. Um, but it doesn't seem like they want to do a lot of uh, moving or traveling or anything. So it looks like there's only going to be certain locations for each team, and you're playing divisionally. The Flyers got done some of their division opponents already, so yeah, or their Metro. Uh, opponents already so so we'll see what happens but all right but so to change on. a little a little happier and kind of funny things here um actually before we get to that i want to because i posed this question to you jeff earlier yeah. today and i won't you had some time to think it over um and it'll lead us into that. our next segment um but who right now in the nhl is currently the most underrated and underappreciated player. So there's a few ways to look at this. There's one. All right. It, it, there's underrated. There's underrated and underappreciated. All right, underappreciated. I feel like you threw out Jack Eichel's name. Yes, I Buffalo. threw him out earlier. I think you can right. easily throw him out. And I, think I don't think why he's he gets, underrated. I think he's just underappreciated. Yeah, um, he had a giant point streak that only ended because. He, was he missed the game in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's a great player, again, but the only problem with him is he came in with Connor McDavid. Right. And again, there's that underappreciation. Everyone, the, the mo- no matter who, went second overall in that 2015 Angel draft, they're all going to be underappreciated mm-hmm. when it comes to next to Connor McDavid's name. That was the Connor McDavid draft. Then the Connor McDavid sweepstakes and Connor McDavid is the quote-unquote next Sidney Crosby slash Wayne Gretzky player again. More eyes are going to be shown to him. But exactly. even though he's um, only to the playoffs once, and this year he could have made the playoffs, and maybe he will. I don't know. The season's still, right. as you mentioned. Um, but Buffalo has never made the playoffs under Jack Eichel. They don't no. get a lot of uh, view or really television appearances or anything other than the two times if you're in the West, the few times we play them a couple of years and the teams are right. just playing a bunch of times. Right. But the here's the other thing them, though. Us and them kind of understand how great of a player uh, Jack Eichel is. He's yeah. the, he's the best American player playing right now. You can make arguments for other, other players, but I can say, I think he's the best American hockey player right now. Off the thing about that one, he's, he's certainly up there. Because if um, you're talking about no doubt. the next Olympics, your number one centerman, I think it's Jack Eichel. What about Austin Matthews? 
much. Thrown in my way. Woo! Yahoo! All right. Same way. But no, you do have a point though. He's he's certainly up there as <laughs> I just shut you down so bad. I didn't even mean to. I'm sorry. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We can we can make a really great line here. Okay. Oh no. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> if I can find up there they are. Damn it. I thought maybe Austin Matthews might put a little wing. I thought maybe put them on the same line together. It'd be filthy. It would be. But no, all right. So going back though. But um Jack Eichel. Yeah, I actually is, kind of would put I'd still give a slight edge right now to Eichel. Eichel over okay. Matthews, because I think Eichel could do a little more than Matthews can at the moment. I and, think he's and that's more, totally fair. This more all around game is better than Austin Matthews is right Well, because think about it though. Uh, in Buffalo, Eichel is pretty much doing it himself. He has almost no one else to work with. He does have Jeff Skinner. And Skinner has been kind of so-so lately. Um, Matthews, look how many weapons he has in Toronto. He's Mitch Marner. He's William Nylander. Even on defense, you know, he's also got Kapanen and everything on offense. Too many it's threats there. There's a, they have threats, but we'll get to this a little bit later because I kind of want to yeah. talk about um, teams rebuilding and stuff too. Right. Uh, but they're not doing All great right. with the rebuild. No, Buffalo. but so so but no. Anyways, back to our underrated and underappreciated yeah. players. So again, so underappreciated, yes, Jack Eichel is underrated. No, no. he's not. Everyone no. knows should know by now how good Jack th- Eichel is. I'll throw a wrench um, out there that you can put for both of those. Jonathan Huberto. Yes, big one. Here's the funny thing: here's, a lot of people think he's thing. overrated. He's not. He's not. He's so underrated because teams don't get to watch Florida enough. Only when only no. time we get to watch Florida play is when they're playing their own team and is when their team or whatever fan they are mm-hmm. is playing Florida. You don't see in the playoffs. Um, you know, you, you he's also again, been he's had injuries earlier in his career. Right. That's it. Or if you see and him by play saying earlier, that means not that long ago. He's only twenty six. Right. Also, this is a crazy stat. Your craziest stat of the day. Your stat of the day for your stat heads out there. Woo. And 536 career NHL games, he has 437 points. Yeah. That's wild. He's got... He's only 26. So, again, this kid... He's all, another one. Kind of like Eichel for the underappreciated yeah. part and maybe underlooked. They actually made it to the playoffs once. Right. That was the, and 2015-16. That, that um, was the year they... Uh, lost to lost the Islanders in yep, six, six John games. Tavares double mm-hmm. overtime goal. He put up only three points in six games, which still, isn't terrible. Good, a goal and two assists, but right for so, someone's but, first NHL playoff experience, that's not terrible. Good. No, it's um, better than what Dave Haxel did to Oscar Lindblom. Don't don't bring that up, please. That that's just, that just hurts. That just hurts, man. I'm sorry. Anyway, it, it's true though, but that 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 hurts. Uh, what's it called? That no. So, but for this, Jonathan at this Huberdeau, point in his career, he'd I guarantee you he'll be a dynamic threat in the playoffs if oh, they yeah, were to make no. it or so when I think they'll be able. To big make reason it. for that, and, and I'm throwing out another name, his line mate really in and captain Alexander Barkov. Mm-hmm. Huberdeau and Barkov together Honestly, are you probably can, the you most can, underrated and underappreciated duo in NHL at this moment. You could this is why I think 
I put at the beginning of the season, Florida as a sleeper. You can, a bunch of these guys, you could say, Aaron Eckblad's another one. He is a yeah, great I, young defenseman. He's only oh 24. My oh, my God. He's 24. That's scary. He, he's he's a future Norris Bar- Trophy winner. You just said Barkoff, right? I did. Yes, Barkoff. 24. He's only and 24. By the way, here's the best part about Florida. Look at each of their contracts. Oof. Look at each of their contracts and tell me that's not a steal. Again, when even 479 games for Barkoff, 407 points. Yep. Again, and these guys obviously, you know, you're playing Florida. It's Florida. But again, you look at Florida. Yeah, right. Come on. Right. Okay, but he, here's my thing. So look at their contracts. Jonathan Huberdeau is 26. He's locked up until 2023-24. Looks yep. like. Yep. 5.9 mil AAV. Barkoff, same contract. His contract expires the year before 2022 to 2023. Um, Ekblad, he's making 7.5 mil, and he's going to be a free agent in 2025-2026. Those three guys are their main core right now and they are locked up long term you know who they just cheap cheap deal it's that you know who they just acquired too who could potentially turn around maybe um hold on lucas Um, walmark that's an interesting one he hasn't he didn't play great in florida i mean carolina oh yeah okay they traded for him this year he That's only right. put up two points in the seven games. I'm pretty sure he came in that uh, – he came back in the uh, – crap, what's his name? Not Bugstead because in Pittsburgh. Um, Trocheck deal. In the Trocheck deal. Yep, in the Trocheck deal. Spencer Trocheck for Eric Holler, Lucas Walmark, Chase Prisky, and Etu Lustenarian. I cannot pronounce names, so I am sorry, E2. <laughs> They're both uh, um, AHL players, but Eric Hala and and know what else? They are really because people. I've mentioned it many times. Yeah, and people are not gonna. Obviously, our voices only go so far, and in the NHL, yeah. if you're not, I'm sorry. They kind of are like, not exactly like ESPN, but they kind of only kind of focus on the better teams: Pittsburghs, Washingtons. Yep. Chicago's yep. even are not struggling. Um, the top teams. Florida's going to go under talked, untalked about for a while, but they got a quality coach in Joe Quinville, and they got young, great players mixed in with quality yeah. veterans. They do. And, although- and if Bobrovsky if can turn it around, this team is deadly. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say. So, because I was listening to. Oh, I can't. Where I where did I hear this? Sorry, I went on a tangent about Florida. I am sorry. You're good. It's but fine. Those guys are obviously yes. Guys okay. Can put so so they're probably three of the most. Uh, you can kind of put Ekblad, Huberdeau, Barkoff in a in just one category as un, the most mm-hmm. some of the most underrated and unappreciated players in the NHL right now. You can. Um. All right. So besides, uh, what were you gonna say though? You were listening to what? Oh, so that it was just about um, Bobrovsky. One of his Florida teammates was saying that basically, if there was a couple different bounces, because it was either in like a two nothing game where 
like Bobrovsky made so many saves. He you know he had a great game still, but he let in one or two goals. The team just couldn't score. Mm-hmm. And then when you know they put up like five goals or whatever, sometimes he just had a bad night and they just didn't play well in front of him and they would lose the game. So like it was it, think about it, it's kind of like that Cole Hamels effect where and it's the same thing with Aaron Nola. Like they pitch a great game, can't get any offense when they sometimes get a rocky start. The team mm-hmm. does great. You know, it, it's weird. It happens. If you, especially those early, because you see it many times in NHL. If you get beaten early, sometimes it affects you in a ways. And you just can't yeah. get your game going because you want to get your feet wet when you first start. Ooh, if you were getting beat early is, on. Here's an interesting I got one. one. I got another one. Um, All right. I want to hear what you got. Dylan Larkin. That's a tricky one. So I, obviously, I've been, I've been falling he's along a very, very not great team. Right. Um, I've been that's falling along kind, with that's, Detroit. That's plenty of kindly. Yeah. But, and for a team that's not great, obviously you can only put up so many great numbers. He's put up actually pretty decent numbers. Yeah. Last, last year, this year he's had in seventy-one games he's put up fifty-three points, nineteen goals, thirty-four assists. Last year he was on nearly a point per game. 76, yeah. uh, 76 games, 73 points. Yeah. Um, but people are, you, you can't do this all by yourself. No. The greats can't, obviously, if you're talking about, you can't compare Don Larkin to Crosby or McDavid, even McDavid, as great as he is, he can only do so much for that team. Like I said, yes. one playoff appearance. Yeah. Um, he's got Leon Dreisaitl now, though. Don Larkin. He does. He, do, he doesn't have a lot. Around him, he and had Andreas Athanasio, who then got traded to Edmonton. Yes, but even with that, they're young. They're very young. Yeah. So those they're guys are for. They're waiting for players like Philippe Zadina to come up uh, mm-hmm. in the NHL if they aren't already. Um, he's in the. But he's in the I'll, IR. I'll pu- there you go. I'll put it this way: for Dylan Larkin, he's an exceptional and young player. Exceptional. They're either getting. First or second overall pick, maybe third. I'm praying for Detroit that they get that first overall pick and land Alexis Lafreniere. Even Imagine if Lafreniere and Larkin together. Exactly. It just takes a duo to start oh. turning some things around. Exactly. Even if not, I think that I think that still, they but... will get Quinton. If they don't get Lafreniere first overall, they will get second overall. They will get Quinton Byfield. And Byfield and Larkin there. It's either going to be Lafreniere and, and Larkin or Byfield and Larkin. Either way, tremendous duo there for Detroit, changing things for Steve Eisenman. And also, I still believe, a- and I still believe, because I made a prediction, I think, what was it? If, when, all right, let, let me put it this way. When did Eisenman get hired by Detroit to be their GM? One year ago or two years ago? April 19th, 2019 to present. Okay, so a year ago. So a year and a year, days. There you go. A year ago, Thank I said the moment that they signed him as their GM and Steve Eiserman, within five years, Detroit would be in the playoffs again. This is the second year. That's obviously gone down the drain, but they're gonna get a top pick. I'll take it on a second. They're gonna get a top pick either in Lafreniere or Byfield. Either way. Things are looking up, and that's the right way they want to go. Mike, go ahead. They have 10 picks this draft. And this is a stacked, 
stacked draft class. Six picks in the first three rounds. Well, there you go. That just two, three, and, three in the second round, two in the third, one in the first. You can easily, if, and it could happen, maybe not. I don't know. Whenever the draft happens, but I'm calling draft. it right now. They're going to get three could, gems. I was, I was going to even say that. Oh yeah, obviously. But I was going to say you could easily use one of your second round picks to try to steal a first round pick. And I believe that you could do it. You could but do a second round pick and a player. It. You can find a to go to second or in second rounds. Look at Sebastian sure. Aho. Say again. I said you can't. You also can find gem in the second round. Just right. Look at Sebastian Aho. Oscar Lindblom, fifth round pick. I always like to remind people of that. Evgeny Kucherov. What? Nikita Kucherov. Sorry, sorry, Russian. Oh, like what? I got him mixed up with the other one. I see that. Uh, all right, we gotta make a blooper reel of that one. That was good. Yes. Sorry. Yikes. I got Kuznetsov Yikes. and uh, Kucherov mixed up. I'm oh, sorry. okay. There you go. They're Russian. Similar, not really, but but you know what? Yeah, Kucherov. There you go. Just stick to the last name. Kucherov went in the second round. Henrik Zetterberg, if I'm not mistaken, went seventh round in the early 2000s. Enough. Anyway, so, but my point is, though, Detroit. Seventh round, 1999, Henrik Zetterberg. Called it, except that was one year off. Anyway, so back to what we, Yeah, back to what we were originally talking about because we got so distracted players. here. Yeah, like, sorry, what was yes. yours? Because you said Dylan Larkin. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting one. I think he is very underappreciated outside the league because he's buried in Detroit right now. Also, one thing that would help is it that they just need to make him captain. Once they name him captain, because Detroit doesn't have a captain right now. They need to make him captain right when they get a chance. And he deserves more league recognition. He's also kind of underappreciated. This. He's one of those players that's undervalued by everybody. Um, all right, so this next guy though on my list, Mike, but it looks like you have a puzzling thought that you might want to get. I do. I'm looking to. at all the A's. I just said Dylan Larkin. <laughs> well, no, no, I know, but um, I know it's not Dylan Larkin, but no. But anyway, so th- this guy that I'm about to bring up. Um, he was on Chicago before he got traded. And even there, he did have a pretty solid young career before he got traded. It's Tavu Teravainen. He's, he got traded to Carolina, and he proved to be a very valuable asset to them I'm during their – the wrong team. To their playoff run last year at the conference finals. So since joining the Hurricanes, Terabina has seen his point totals increase every year, Oof. and he's on pace to do that again. He went from 42 points in one year to 64 points, 76, and he picked up 40 points in his first 40 games. Yeah. So I think Terabina is a very undervalued player right now in the NHL. He is. But he's, getting, he's gaining it, being in Carolina now. Exactly, and and, and they're certain, and they're certainly realizing what mm-hmm. a actually kind of rather young star that they have in the making there mm-hmm. in Carolina for Tavu Teravainen. 
Okay. So there's a name. All right. Uh, moving on to basically, because uh, kind of more, so, so I, don't, I don't know if you're ready to do this. I'm ready. Like, yep, yep, yep. All right. So speaking about undervalued, underappreciated everything, the NHL recently released the, t- the redraft of the 2011 NHL draft. And we, there we go. There's one. Oh, yeah. And we are about to break down that 2011 redraft. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a, here's a funny thing. is They did – I found a redraft of the 2011 NHL draft from 20 – uh, 16. 16. So I don't really want to go over that one because that I want to go, laugh. I want to go over the more recent one. Exactly. So this was back in May. On this May was only like six days ago. Yep. Five days. So relevant. Still relevant. Right. So all right. So right away. Actually, hold on. Let me let me do this. Because... Also, before we get this off, we've mentioned this many times. How there's been a lot of NHL list like this not like a redraft but like top 50 players stuff like that you could easily go back to the beginning of the season probably on our soundcloud page more so than our yeah actual the more recent pages um and here are kind of dismay of some of the nhl.com right lists all right so um, not only do i have the um the redraft up i also have the original mm-hmm. draft up so first overall back then was Edmonton, who had the first overall pick. Again, they drafted Ryan Nugent Hopkins. In this redraft, uh, NHL.com has them drafting Nikita Kucherov, who was selected 58 overall by Tampa Bay. Um, I would do that. So that's the e- that's the easiest part. That's the easiest drafts. decision. Uh, I I think that's a no brainer there. Correct. Yes. Okay. Number two, um, March. Uh, sorry, uh, on the redraft, uh, Mark Shifley for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. He was originally drafted seventh. Uh, the original draft was Gabriel Landeskog. How do you feel about that, Shifley over Landeskog? Give me a second. Gotta look up stats here. There you go. Um, Where am I going? I went to the wrong. I went to the wrong team. Nice one. So, Landeskog in oh, that's okay. In six hundred thirty-three games, he has four hundred sixty points, one hundred ninety-eight goals, two hundred sixty-two assists. There you are, Winnipeg. And Shifley five hundred. Yep. Five hundred nineteen games played, hundred eighty goals, two hundred sixty-four assists, four hundred forty-four points. He was over a point per game this year and last year. Exactly yeah. a point per game. So I, I don't know who would you I, t- take. Shifley, if, if you're Colorado, Shifley or Landeskog? Because think about it. Landeskog is your captain. He's been, you know, he started off kind of a rough start with Colorado as a, as a captain and everything. But things have been good for him. And he's actually turned out to be a, a pretty great player for them. Who would you take? Too? Yeah, he he's been hurt. I know he's had some pretty bad concussion issues. Also, for Shifley's um, sake, um, you do have Blake Wheeler, who's your captain. So that's not right. anything to. You're sure. You're an assistant captain. You're exactly very much in that running. Um, but for me, I'm probably saying Shifley over Landeskog. I probably go to Shifley then Landeskog. That's what close. the redraft. It's very has. close. That's very. Close. I, I feel like you could go either way, but Shifley, in my opinion, could be the better player between those two. 
Yeah, right now. Right now they are. He is, I think. Again, that's just right now. These right. guys could easily, because they're both really talented, great players. That could. Yeah. Uh, number three uh, in the redraft, Gabriel Landeskog. So he was obviously originally drafted number two by Colorado. Um, number three, though, was Jonathan Huberdu, who we mentioned as that underappreciated player. So I feel like at this point, you kind of do have to go Landeskog. I forgot about him. Yeah. Hold on. Pause. 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 Cut. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm gonna go Landis Cog. Okay. And I, I still think that's that's the best option, honestly. Yeah, again, smidgen. smidgen. Right. It's not It's not by much. Nothing against those guys, but I would go Landy. Um, here's where this is also, I, for the f- first few people, this is a pretty deep, but at the front of this, pretty close, deep draft. Class. Yeah. When we're saying All these right. guys are different and where you draft them, it's not taking away from these other guys. It's just really picking and choosing little things here and there. It's nitpicky. Right. It's very nitpicky things, yeah. and it's obviously opinion-based. But it's a little stats here and there to kind of go off your opinions, but the more you go on this list, the more funny it gets to us, at least. Um, you're obviously – other people are going to think differently of this, but for me, it, this is – after this is where it starts getting a little funny. Okay. Um, where I so, think we're going to get some difference, a little difference here. I'll also put it this way. I can't wait for the redraft when we get to number five because I'm about to rip the staff writer apart who wrote this article. Same. Anyways, number th- who was third overall in that draft? Third overall in the redraft was Landis God. I know, but originally, the original, yeah. Uh, Huberdo. Oh, Huberdo. Got it. Right. Yeah. I forgot. All right. So, number four is where it gets fun. In the redraft, it was John- it's Johnny Goodrell, which I think is awesome. And rightfully so. He was originally drafted by Calgary. None, number 104th overall. Yeah. And a huge reason why has to do with his size. Look how small the guy mm-hmm. is. Nothing against him, but you, yeah. So in this redraft, he goes to New Jersey. Ready for this number four overall pick in the original draft? Adam Larson. <laughs> I forgot. It was Adam Larson. <laughs> The guy who was traded one for one for Adam, uh, sorry for Adam Hall, Taylor Hall. Yeah, that's just bad. How do you? Oh, yikes! You're okay with Johnny Gaudreau here? Um, at four, and their redraft. This is gonna be my first different. I, I mean, I, I gotta think about I'm, it. I'm Huberdo here. For I'm Huberdo. <laughs> that's right. It's Huberdo. I forgot about him. Um. It's Huberdo for me, but that's it's me. it's tough. It's because also me mm. and the sense. I guess they're both kind of similar in that they're both wingers. But right. Huberdo is just a can also play player. center. Huberdo's bigger. He can also play center. There's yeah. a little more value there. Um. All right. So you know what? Uh, so you're going. You're talents. going Huberdo. I'm doing all right. Huberdo. So, so how about this? So so that's what you're doing. This is actually what I'm doing. I just thought of something, and I 
this might not go over well, people, but this is just what I'm thinking for the time being. Number four? Uh, number four, I'm still going with Johnny Hockey. Okay. That's not bad. He's a great player. He's got – yeah. If we're going off right. the points thing that we're just going off of, yeah. 445, 445 points in 464 career games. That's a point ninety six point per game pace average. Just behind Nikita Kucherov, who is obviously I think take first, but Goudreau is a great player and everything. And there was even rumors this year that there's uh, he might get dealt out of Calgary, which if I was Calgary, I would never do. Um, just because he's even though he's a winger, but he's so valuable in what he brings. I say that, but number five, I still don't think I'm going to be putting you there at five. So. Okay, so th- so we will go the – so both in the redraft and the original draft, I don't agree with either pick. In the original draft, Ryan Strome, not a chance. No. He's not even in my top 25 in this draft. Yeah. Here's where it gets interesting. Jordan Bennington is Brett Amadon, who is a staff writer that at least had this pick for NHL.com. The New York – sorry, let me rephrase. So it wasn't the person who wrote this entire list. It was just the person who picked Jordan Bennington at number five to the New York Islanders, Brett Amadon. All right, so before you can begin, Mike, so this first statement right there says everything you need to know about this guy. He says, you can argue there wasn't a more valuable player in the NHL last season than Bennington, who, in my opinion, should have been voted the winner of the Hart, Vesna, no, and Calder no, trophies. No. I'm sorry, but the fact that he didn't even play the entire <laughs> year, he only played the second half of the year, Vesna trophy, not a chance. Hart, not a chance. Calder, possibility, no. still not a chance. You have to play the entire season in order to win those trophies. It doesn't matter if you had a season like Bennington did. He was even a finalist for rookie there. I don't care. He did not play the entire year. That's not remotely worthy. You're also of just even going, the mentionings you're for this. Also, like just going off of last year. That's the first exactly. time at NHL. This is 2011. I get goalies are hard to come from. He's not even and the best develop. goalie. He's not even the best goalie in this draft. No, it's. And, uh, John Gibson. John Gibson. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without and doubt. the and fact that they even put Bennington in top five is dis- disgraceful to this draft class. And I'm – I would have him maybe – I would probably have him 15, 20 tops. I'm very there hard. Are, you have to make he, a very hard case for me to go f- first round for a goalie. Exactly. Like – um, but you also have those John Gibson. John Gibson is the only exception I give a team in to. this draft. Well, I'm saying in, in, in this draft, draft class. In, just, in, in this draft class, yeah. Gibson is the only goaltender in this draft class that I give that I would use a first round pick on. Sure, Jordan Bennington did great last year, no doubt about that. He only played a second half of the season. Then he helps the Blues to the Stanley Cup Finals, which is awesome, and especially as a rookie. But it's not like he's the first rookie to ever lead a team to the Cup Finals. Cam Ward did that in 2006. Oh, and by the way, he played the whole year. 
So if you were to put Andre Fleury. Exactly. Look what he did in that playoffs. Right. If you look at Jordan Bennington, though, as a whole, I'm sure he selected 88th overall and, you know, everything. Don't you, you cannot put him remotely in the talks for Hart. Do you know how hard it is for a goalie to win the Hart Trophy's MVP? The last and probably one of the very few goalies to that was Carey Price, who took the Vesna and the Hart because he had that exceptional role of an entire year. But Calder Trophy is a rookie. He did not play the whole year. Elias Pedersen rightfully so won that trophy that year. Which you I, won, hold on. You won him to win the heart last year over Nikita Kucherov. Exactly. Who put up, I believe, what, 128 points? Is that right? Or somewhere around there? Something absurd? Last, last year? Yeah, that's not happening. Even a year just like Carey Price had. Yeah, 128 very, points. He had 41 point goals and 87 assists. Yeah. Come on. So he, even don't get me wrong, had, Bennington played great. He was a great. He was played shut out. He did, he did what he had to. He also had games where he struggled. He had some games where he got beat kind of badly, but he still won it all. He's still a great young, uh, good goalie. All right. So I'm looking up Carey Price's stats from the year he won the Hart and the uh, the Vesna. So I believe what. What year was that? Was that like what, 2015? 2015, yep. All right. Here's so pe- here, here were Carey Price's stats from 2014. You know how hard it 66 is. 66 games played and started, a 66 out of 82 games. So he only missed 16 games. Price went 44, 16, and 6, a 1.96 save with goals against average, 0.933 save percentage, and nine shutouts. Even if the goalie had a year like that. I still don't know if I would pick him over someone like Nikita Kucherov's 128 I'm points. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm right. I'm right. Sorry. I read the names wrong. So I'm looking at Google. They have a list of the past going up from what I can – really all the way back to kind of the beginning, at least as far as 71, because as far as I just scrolled, um, of the past Hart Trophy winners. Right. So – Price won at 15. You want to know the next goal he'll want to at before him? Probably 2003, Marty Bredore. Nope. This is heart winners. Uh, Peter Forsberg won at 2003, apparently. Oh, all Dominic right. Hasek, 97 and 98. There you go. That's how rare it is for a goaltender to win the heart. Also, think of the players that were playing around in 97, 98, and how great right. he would have had the money to win back-to-back years. Lindros, Yager, uh, Messi was still playing. Um, you, Eiser was still playing. I think. Yeah, Lindros, I said, yeah. Uh, so that that one bugs me so much, and I think that's ridiculous. All right, moving on because I'm done talking about Bennington and I'm that sorry. and that I'm guy sorry. Brett. Oh I was God. wrong. I was wrong. Jose Theodore, two thousand two. Wow, good for Theodore. That uh, he he was a pretty darn good goalie. I didn't realize he won the. Hard that year. Yep. That's crazy. But that right, shows so, you how rare it is. Right. But when you say Nikita Kucherov putting 128 points and 41 goals, that's, that's going to take something. it. That's going to take it. And who every else? time. Sorry. 
Next one, Carter Trophy winners. Who won the Carter? Um, Elias Pettersson. Steve Mason, 2008. Elias, I wasn't even talking about goalies. I was just talking about oh, okay. who was going up against and what they're saying who should go oh, yes, put up yes, on the yes. Carter. Elias Pettersson, hands down, should have won it. And he did. Alberto won the Carter in 2013. There you go. Um, just, we, oh, you know who it. won it in 2011? Uh, Jeff Skinner. Yeah, and I remember Skins won it. Um, uh, the Calder. But the, the the last goaltender to win the Calder even was Steve Mason, 2007, 2009. 2008. 2008, 2009, that's what I mean. But still, it's like, again, it just shows how hard it is to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's my thing. All right, so moving on to number six, then, Mike. Oh, I didn't say my number five. Oh, who's your number five? Uh, for the right answer, it's for me, Sean Couturier. Oh, sorry. I didn't even say mine. Yeah, I was going to say Sean Couturier for me for that one. Number five, Sean Couturier. Because yep. he has very much deserved to be a sucky winner for years now. The only reason oh why God, he hasn't, yeah. conspiracy theorists, <laughs> Michael is here to say it's because the Flyers haven't made the playoffs. And when they had made the playoffs, they were first-round exits. Yes, which still not Playoffs. Also in one of yeah. the playoffs, Sean Couturier had a had a hat trick. He had five points on a torn MCL. Yes, he did. So you know, do what you do with that. With what you want. With no, what I'm you sorry. want. I can't speak today. Uh, all right. So that's my number five. My number six. I love John Gibson, who they had at the redraft for number six. I don't think he is number six, although he is a top ten pick for me. Just not there. Uh, the original pick was Mika, uh, Mika Zibanejad. Uh, I don't agree with that as much, really. Uh, my number six is because I haven't picked him yet, and rightfully so. Jonathan Huberdeau, he's my number six overall pick in that my draft. My six is going to be my, uh, Johnny Hockey. Johnny Hockey, okay. So basically, you're four I'm, and, and yeah. so our four and six are switched, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, oh, I forgot about him. Keep going. All right. Um, all right. So, do you want to move on to seven? Yep. All right. It was in the redraft Couturier. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets would have drafted Coots. Um, and I think, sorry, one second. Seven was uh, Shifley. Shifley was seventh. So, either way, they would have gotten a tremendous player in either Shifley, if not. Um, uh, Sorry, one second. My headphones are dying. <laughs> um, I'm gonna in either Shackley or a, this might be a weird one for my number seven, but I'm gonna go my first D man. Number seven. I hear I'm gonna go with Dougie Hamilton. I had I, I saw that coming. Yeah. Um. So my number seven. Um. Because we we already picked Shifley, didn't we? Whitmer. Yeah. I think. All right. Um, I didn't go Kucherov. yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I, um, Shifley, yeah, because I because I said Kucherov and Shifley. Or yeah, no, because I think we, I had we the had the three. exact we had the top three same. Yeah. Oh, I thought you had. For some reason, I thought you had Landis uh, Landeskog above Shifley. No, I, I had Shifley Landy. Um. All right. So my number seven, you got to go, Dougie Hamilton. He was definitely. The best defenseman from that draft class, it looks like. We just mentioned two Bruins in the past segment here that were traded. Yep. Doug Hamilton and, and Blake Wheeler. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, in the yeah, redraft, it was Sean Couture for seventh. 
All right, number eight. This one is a it's joke black. for the redraft. So in the redraft is Brandon Saad, and in the original draft, Sean Couture. Rightfully so. Okay, so oh yeah, right. Seriously, so Brandon Saad. I'll put it this I way. I get he won two He's, cups. Right. So here's interesting stats from him. So to to back up his on why he should be a top ten pick to back it up. I don't agree with it, but to back He's it up for this Dave, guy, Dave Stubbs. Yes, he ranks fifth in the 2011 draft class in goals, 169, 12th in assists, 178, and ninth in points, 328. He does have a good size, 6'1", 206 pounds, uh, versatile two-way player with special team strength. But there's no way he goes top 10. Um, if I had to really pick, oh, man, I don't even know who I would pick. Um, At eight? I would oh. either – I would maybe go – and. Man, I'm not. This is a tough. I'm gonna pick. go Mika. Mika Zibanejad. Oh right, Zibanejad. Yeah, I I forgot about him, um, because I didn't pick him yet. It can't hurt to go Zibanejad. I would. Oh, I think you really do have to go Zibanejad with eighth overall. Um, I think so. Yeah. So all right, which leaves ninth overall. Who's Zibanejad did go in the redraft to Boston? Originally drafted sixth overall by Ottawa. Um, you had in the original. You want to draft, do the Dougie first fifteen? Had, yeah, let's just do not fifteen. To, not do the whole round, but first. No, let's just do fifteen. Uh, ninth overall was Dougie Hamilton to Boston, who I still can't believe they ever got rid of him. I know. Um, and I'm going to JT Miller. I'm gonna go William Carlson. Oh, that's a good one. I, I'm still going JT Miller, but um. That was that. That's that's a good one. I, I, you know, again, it's these stretch picks that you might not think about. A strip stretch picks, and if you keep going forward, like, oh yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. Um. So my so number ten. Uh. Originally, you had, uh, Jonas Brodine, Minnesota. I think that's still a solid pick, but I'm changing it. Uh, Huberdu went ten would go tenth overall pick to Minnesota in the redraft. He again went number three overall in my redraft. Now I'm going William Carlson. You can't leave out Carlson. Um, oh wait, actually, let me ask you this. I lied. I'm not going Carlson. I know who I'm going because I didn't mention Liar. him yet. I'm going John Gibson. Gibson, Gibby. Gibson. Yep, Gibby. He's going tenth overall for me. Um, because I didn't mention him yet. Um, as great as Gibson is, I'm still not drafting him first ten. Sorry, I'm that, that's fine. That, that, that's hey, when, when you see a goalie you like that much, it could be worth it. Worth it. Look at uh, he didn't go top ten because it went pretty high first round, twelfth overall two years ago. Spencer Knight to Florida, um, you know. So the, there's when when you know when you get certain players on on your doorstep, you gotta take a, some going. Point. Nick DiPietro. Rick DiPietro. DiPietro. Did I say yes. Nick? I meant Rick. Yeah, you said Nick. <laughs> Rick DiPietro. First round, first overall. Oh, boy. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm still going. Uh, John Gibson, 10th overall, uh, which leads to 11th. Uh, Mike, do you have. I uh, didn't uh, say my 10th, sorry. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I was saying I wasn't going Gibby. Uh, my 10. Well, I, I thought you said Carlson. Was that nine? That was nine. Oh, okay. Uh, who'd you say for nine? Um, oh, uh, 10, JT Miller. There you go. Okay. 
Yeah, and I think that's a pretty solid top ten right there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, number eleven. Uh, they have Ryan. Oh my God, I forgot about him. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'm probably going to stick with them at that one. I'm going to go RNH for number eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously drafted number one overall by Edmonton. Uh, in this, in the original draft, uh, Duncan Simons went eleventh overall to Colorado. Um. Exactly. And to exactly tell you more about him, he played 20 games in the NHL, getting two points. He last played 2017-2018. Who's he playing? I don't know. But that's when he last played. So clearly that didn't work out. No. Um, Number 12, um, Dougie Hamilton, the redraft to Carolina. What do you know? That's where he is right now. Uh, originally, that was Ryan Murphy. Uh, he only played 175 games. Uh, to, last year was his latest season. Um, eight goals, 35 assists, 43 points. So, you know, that's fun. Um, there was a name that I wanted to say. Oh. Um, I'm going to go. Ooh. Uh, I'm between two people. I actually got a name right here. Um, Ricard Raquel. Ricard Raquel, okay. Um, Peugeot. Oh, I, I just saw his name. Peugeot, that's who I'm going for. There you go. Um, At 11. All right. Or 12, sorry. 12, yeah. So, number 13, they had JT Miller in the redraft. Um, and originally, it was Sven Barchi. Uh, Barchi, he's been in, up and down the Myers with Vancouver. I am going to go JG Pajot. Uh, what about you? Oh, I so forget about I'm, him. I think we're flipped on this one. I'm like, yeah. Give me a second. Okay. I have my final two picks in the top 15. At least my one pick. I gotta look at my other. Ooh, that's an interesting one, actually. Hmm. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Maybe not him. Yeah. Uh, we are currently at 13 of our top 15 redrafts for the NHL 2011 draft. Um, yeah. I'll go Palat. Yeah, I, I was. that's who I'm missing. So uh, he's actually going to be my 14th overall pick. Uh, Carlson in the redraft went to Dallas in this uh, redraft. He originally went 53 to Anaheim. Uh, in the original draft, Dallas took Jamie Alexiak. 
And then, uh, so again, I'm taking Andre Palat. Uh, who are you taking with your 14th pick in the first round of the 2011 redraft? Ricard Raquel. There you go. And which leads us to 15th overall. It was Andre Palat in the redraft and originally JT Miller to New York. So who will the New York Rangers draft in our 2011 redraft here, Mike? Uh, you can go first because I had a name, but I lost it, and I, now I need to find him again. So if you have your pick, go it in. Go, go ahead and uh, let us know. I go sod. Okay, I can see that. Um, ooh, that's an interesting name here. Uh, yeah, he got picked that round. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go a little bit of depth. I'm going to go Sean Corrali. Sean Corrali at 15? Again, it's a bit of a stretch, but a he, plays, <laughs> he plays a good amount of depth, though, honestly. Um, he was drafted fifth round to San Jose. Um, 59 points this year for Boston. Yeah, I'm going to go Corrali in this one. Again, to, to, to some, that, that's a stretch pick for sure, but uh, I, I like Rally's game a lot. Um, yeah, I, I would have gone Trocek over him. but <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of Trocek, honestly. I, I, I think – Or Philip Deneau. That, that was my other pick. I was thinking about Deneau. That, that's what I was um, thinking of. But um, I, I'm, I might, I'm probably still going to go um, Corrali, but um, if it's that, maybe. Mm, Clef Bomb doesn't do much for me. It's going to be probably still um, Corrali, if not Philip Denol. Uh, Denol is a pretty solid forward oh, for Montreal. No, I, I would be. Or not 15, sorry. Who I would take before him, uh, John Gibson. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was shocked he didn't have Gibby yet. He's not 16. Yeah. I can see uh, later first round, but that's. For as good as he is, that's yeah. correct. So let me ask you this. When would you draft Bennington? Where'd he go? Would you wait till the second round or Probably. second uh, third round? For Bennington? Second or third round. Okay. It, he was yeah. the backup of a so, backup in the yeah. AHL last He was the backup of yeah, backup of a backup. Yeah. He was the backup in the AHL <laughs> last year. Yeah. I guess so, it would take a while, but if the, again, first. like I said, the only one I'm confident in is John Gibson from that year. Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from what Bennington did for uh, yep. St. Louis last year, but he's also 26. Right. It took a little while for you to get there. Goalies take a while. I get it. Right. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. We all get that. Um, but they do. And when it comes to goaltending and everything. And so far this year on the 50... John Gibson's the answer for the 50 me. games he has played so far, he's got a 256 uh, goals against and a 912 save percentage for John Gibson. Or not John, I mean, uh, Bennington. Bennington, I was like, hold on. <laughs> Bennington, or Gibson's number, Gibson. this, Gibson's number this year. Um Not great. Uh, three no. goes against yep. a 904 save percentage. Yeah. 
again, he just got hot at the right time. And and he had a great rookie, well, half a rookie season. He didn't have a full rookie season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, technically he did because you – because Bennington played the amount of games he needed to at least be considered for the Calder Trophy, which he did, and he was a finalist. Again, Patterson was rightfully so the Calder Cup uh, winner. Um, I who ended up, did it, who, I, who ended up being the other – yeah. I'd say exactly where the Flyers took Carter Hart. Like what? They took him second round, 48th overall. 48th, okay. That's probably where it would have taken Jordan Bennington. Yeah, and, and I think I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, again, Bennington, again, nothing wrong with taking a goaltender late in the second round at some point or midway through. Because like goalies, said, for the most part, are going to draft. draft. Goalies at some point are right, probably going to draft. Right, when that specific draft. From that specific draft, drafter, Mike, I'm taking uh, um, John Gibson as the only goalie in the within the first two rounds. I'm still taking him with my top ten because I have that much faith in John Gibson. The way he played for Team USA and everything, he was phenomenal. Jordan Bennington, he took longer to prove. Sure, he's laughing now because he's won a Stanley Cup. Hey, good for him. Again, I, I like Bennington. I think he's a solid goalie, but – He's nowhere near being a heart finalist, a Carter Cup winner, or maybe finalist, maybe for for what Carter. We well, yeah, uh, again, and and he was last year. You know, exactly. He, he had he had a right to be a Carter a Cup finalist, not a winner, but that's but a nothing more, not nothing more. Exactly, Hart not even considering that, and same thing with the Vesna. No, you can't consider him being That's either of those two when he hadn't even played a full season. Who was the other finalist for the Calder last year besides Pedersen and Benetton? Vasilevsky won the Vesna last year. Let's take a look at Sir yeah. Vasilevsky's numbers from last year. So while you're doing that, I'm bringing up the um, the finalists for Calder. Yes. Because I can't remember. It was uh, Darlene, of course. That That's right. So, could you yeah, And also, look, yeah. And look up, at how many games Tampa Bay won last year. Yeah, which makes it even more confusing as to how they... Exactly. Um... <laughs> so, last year, only 32 games for Pennington, uh, 189 goals against, 927 save percentage. That's fantastic. Huh? Only 32, 32 games, games only. How many did Vasilevsky not only um, play, but he started in? And 52 games, uh, 256, 917. Also, how many did he? So, was that how many he played in or started in? Fifty-two. He just says games, games played. That's just what Captain okay, was then. bringing me. Oh, okay. But I'm sorry. That's yeah. this year. That's this year. <laughs> for Vasilevsky's numbers, uh, and fifty-three games last year, two forty and nine twenty-five. And he's only twenty-five. Vasilevsky? Yeah. Yeah, he won and the he draft. started in... He won the draft after, and he's the only other goalie 
that young that I actually considered drafting in the first round. He went 19th overall exactly. in 2012. Which is a steal of a pick. That turns out. You know who drafted him? We mentioned Steve him. Steve Eiserman. Yes, he did. Steve Eiserman. That's, again, why I have faith in Steve Eiserman to turn around Detroit now with, after this year, there's only going to be three more years until my prediction will probably come right because I have that much faith in Steve Eiserman to um, turn around the Detroit Red Wings to help them become a playoff team again. You will certainly see on that one. Um, I think it depends on how Buffalo goes, but if he grabs right and they actually develop as how they're projected to develop and everything. Right. Sure. They'd still need pieces outside of that. When you say in three years or so, what are you saying? Playoff bound or right outside playoff bounds? That Play- kind of thing. Playoff bound. Playoff bound. Not playoff contenders, like meaning like a couple contenders. I'm saying playoff bound. They're good enough to get at least to the first round, if not potentially the second round. I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> well, like I said, potentially. Not guaranteeing anything. Yeah. I'm saying potentially. It's a very potentially. It's a very bold prediction, but... Hey, I'm a bold guy. I'm the one who predicted that uh, uh, Travis Konechny would get uh, 40 goals this year. I, I think it would have been close, but of course, probably not happening because of the short season now. Yep. But uh, I think that's all I like have today. Um Yep. This is a bit of a longer one, but you know, we tend to do that on here. <laughs> yes, we do. We go on our rants at our mm-hmm. finest. I think we've went on like four or five of them today. Oh yeah, easily. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I thought this is certainly a good podcast. Well, great mm-hmm. to talk hockey again, but also it was very interesting. Kind of do that little top fifteen redraft in the NHL for yeah. back. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for. Um, the I I definitely want. I'm waiting for the 2015. One. I'm very excited to look about that because here's my because again that was the best draft class since 2003, if not even better than 2003. So so far it seems to be, but so far yeah some of them have not. It's gone as far as some of the 2003s have at this point in their careers. Right. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens though, but um, yeah. Other than that, that's all that's I got all. on my end. Uh, yeah. Look out for our next roundtable podcast Tuesday. Yes, sir. We tend to do these things on the same days here. So, uh, But until then, follow us. Do our usual. Subscribe to us on our YouTube pages. I'm sure I'll do a video of this podcast itself. Get some more sports out there for people to listen to. Uh, and with that, that's where we're going to end it today. And uh, see you.